And here's episode number 30. This one is called Henry Nouwen's Sequence to Life. But before we dive in, first off, let me say thank you to anyone who's listening or has listened to all 30 so far. Uh, it is a privilege and something I kind of enjoy doing. It's it's kind of fun seeing some of your reactions or texts that you send me or emails or links that are shown. So thank you. But I did notice something. I was looking at iTunes not too long ago, and I saw that I that there are only three reviews of this on iTunes. So if you are a devoted listener and you feel so inclined, please go ahead and put a review on there. Because the more reviews there are, apparently it gets more opportunity to be seen. So please go right ahead and do that because I don't even think we have enough reviews to even have an average review. Does that make sense? So thank you for listening. If there is something that stands out to you in the next couple of minutes, please feel free to share it on Facebook or on Twitter or some other way. Just a thought, idea, comment, excuse me, or even critique something that challenged you. All right. So without further ado, let me dive right on in. Henry Nouwen was a Dutch Catholic priest that I first read just about 10 years ago when I was in seminary. Uh, And it was a remarkable thing to discover him as a writer. It was at a time when I was just starting to dive into uh, formal academia, and I was getting real lost into systematic thinking and philosophy and everything else. And so along came this author, this person that wrote but it came from such a different angle and it was the angle of spirituality instead of theology. He might be the first person that I read that helped me to start to understand that there is a difference between those two things, between theology and spirituality. He was born in 1932 and he passed away in 1996 and it's remarkable. He wrote 39 books in his lifetime. And they have been translated into, I think I saw more than 50 different languages all around the world. He taught at Notre Dame, at Yale, and at Harvard. And apparently his classes were so well liked that they hit the cap for religious studies um, for how many students they could admit into a class. And so there were stories of people leaning into the window to listen to his lectures about Christian spirituality about living a life that's taking its cues from Jesus, from the New Testament. It's just profound that that was happening. But what did I like about him? Um, Let me just say it like this. He was emotionally honest in his approach to Christian spirituality. He was a broken man, and he knew it, and he often wrote from those moments of struggle. And as a result of being aware of his own limitations, being aware of his own brokenness, his struggles with loneliness and depression, which he had apparently his whole life, he was able to write some incredibly 
deep and powerful books all on these topics. But there was a turn that happened because later on in his life, he chose to leave academia. He kind of got burned out on Ivy League and notoriety and titles. Even though he had numerous degrees in psychology and theology and was a well-respected Catholic priest, he left and chose to go work at the L'Arche communities in France and in Canada. Now, the L'Arche communities were communities that were founded to help people with developmental difficulties. Now, he says in his writings that that taught him so much about love because these people that he was serving cared nothing about his degrees or his former employment at Ivy League schools. And so he wrote, even during his time there. Henry Nouwen has been passed down um, from person to person. A lot of pastors have read him. A lot of people who have been um, just never really interested in theology have really resonated with him because he comes at it from such another angle. He... um. I want to say he he was just a very honest man and I feel fortunate that I know someone who was a friend of his and so a number of weeks ago I had a chance to sit down with somebody who knew him personally and said yeah he was a broken man but the best thing was that he knew it and that there's some very serious problems when people deny or repress or reject their own feelings of loneliness or depression or um, just struggles. And so rather than negate and not look at those things, he chose to dive in and ask, how does Christian spirituality help him in those moments? And as a result of those reflections came most of his 39 books. One of his most famous is called The Return of the Prodigal Son. But there was another book behind that one called The Inner Voice of Love that was his personal notes while he was writing um, The Return of the Prodigal Son. And it's fascinating to read those two books back to back because one's the public version and the other one is the behind the scenes struggles that he kind of never meant to plan, he never meant to publish for other people. But for now, I just want to take a a quick glance at the book called The Wounded Healer. Because he says that every single Christian, especially every pastor, but everyone who who considers himself a follower of the ethics of Jesus, takes their cues from the New Testament, everyone is a wounded healer. But it would be best if we're wounded in the past tense. That if you're still bleeding out, you're not ready to help other people. But once you've addressed your own wounds, you are then able to go and help other people. And in the book, The Wounded Healer, he makes a reference to this about two rabbis that were walking outside of the city of Jerusalem. And as they're walking along, one says to the other, when will we know that the Messiah is going to come? And the older rabbi looks around and he sees a group of lepers that are leaning against the wall. He says, right there. 
that's the Messiah come. The younger rabbi looks over and is confused. But then the older rabbi says there, the leper that's bandaging and rebandaging his own wounds so that he can help the one next to him. That is the Messiah. Come. So this idea of being a wounded healer, and very much like on an airplane, you put your own air mask on first before you put somebody else's on. The role of a Christian, especially that of a pastor, is to be a wounded healer in the past tense. In fact, he even goes so much further that without theolo- without dense theological language, he decides to use um, a more well-known reference point. He, he mentions at one point that even the Grand Canyon is a massive cut or gash into the surface of the earth. But it's a source of immeasurable beauty. And so in the same way, the ways that you and I and other people have been cut by life or experienced hardship or struggle or tragedy and loss or depression or loneliness, these things are definitely intrusions. But if they're treated well, and if you are able to find a group of people that can help you come through on the other side a better person, sometimes our wounds, like the Grand Canyon, can be a source of immeasurable beauty. But that takes a lot of energy to get to that point. So here's what I want to finally get around to. Um, Henry Nouwen at one point paid attention to the fact that we all have a, a sequence to life. We all kind of have this starting framework that we think life is supposed to be, that we are chosen and blessed by God. But as he was doing some of his usual um, jobs as a priest, he started to notice that maybe there was a, a sacramental order to life, a Eucharistic one, that like Jesus during the Last Supper, Jesus picked up bread, took it, blessed it, and then broke it, and then shared it. According to Henry Nouwen, you and I and everyone else we know, there's another sequence to life, and it's a harsh one to recognize or to admit or to shift over to, but at least Henry Nouwen would say, our lives are not meant to be taken and just blessed by God. That's not how life works. And sometimes that's a harsh reality to recognize that that's not how life works. But it's okay. Because he says, maybe every one of us are supposed to go through the same sequence as that bread. That we're supposed to be taken out of the spheres that we are a part of to learn that there's a larger world, to be blessed And then sometimes to be broken in a deep and profound way and then shared. There's a a real harsh turn that happens when we start to recognize that God um, can use the brokenness. And the brokenness hurts at the time and it's really unpleasant and it's not enjoyable whatsoever. But maybe 
there is some sort of blessing that happens in the midst of the brokenness. Now, what do I mean by that? It's um, being broken can be something that ultimately helps us. It can shatter our ego. And in fact, without being broken or experiencing loneliness or depression or loss or, or anything like that, then we would never learn how to bleed from the heart. And until we learn how to bleed from the heart, we will never recognize when other people are going through that same experience. So sometimes being broken helps us to see those that are broken around us and to essentially have more compassion, which compassion breaks down as calm, meaning with, and passion means suffer. To have compassion means to suffer with someone else. And I think I maybe have said this before, but there's always three choices. There are three levels, three stages of compassion. The first is just to see. Okay? The first choice of compassion is just to see the other person. The second is to feel. The second choice of compassion is to experience what they are experiencing. But then the third choice of compassion is to dive in and be a part of it and to help make the brokenness into a blessing in the long run. So the three choices of compassion are first to see, to feel, and then to dive into and maybe help. Henry Nouwen has been passed down for like the past 20 years from one pastor to another, especially as some pastors are on the edge of burnout because they've made ministry about being the superhero and have filled their lives with trying to bandage other people's wounds that they never get around to actually bandaging their own wounds. And like the two rabbis, the only person that was called the Messiah or a forefigure of the Messiah was the one that was bandaging their own wounds so that they can then help bandage the others. I think Henry Nouwen is um, an incredible reader, uh, a writer, but I'm, I'm not sure if people can appreciate him until they've gone through some negative experiences in their own lives. It's kind of like certain poetry. You can't understand Shakespeare until you've been in love. But then once you have, it's almost like it unlocks Shakespeare. Well, kind of the same thing with Henry Nouwen. That if you've gone through some amount of hurt or disappointment in life, go check him out. Because he seems to be one of those individuals that says Christianity doesn't have to be about what you believe, but how you believe, as Peter Rollins would say that maybe Christian spirituality is more about finding God in the midst of the pain and the suffering and how God is transforming us in the midst of that pain and that suffering. Because I think that for a couple of decades, at least Western Christianity has been more focused on creeds and dogma and axioms and statements about God rather than diving into the question of how does God bring meaning and purpose and transformation through all of life's struggles.
Mm. Now that's something that Henry Nouwen would be more interested in. Although he would absolutely identify as a Catholic who affirms the Nicene Creed, the Chalcedonian Creed, the Apostles' Creed, and more, there's something deeper that's happening. And I think if you're in the right place, Henry Nouwen can be one of those writers that speaks to you if you're in the midst of those struggles. Again, because he often wrote from those places himself. So I don't really have anything else to offer up right now. I do want to say that I have plans to start doing more interviews and just sit down with people because it's not that I'm hitting my cap that there are no other figures from church history to talk about, but that I think it would be really fun to sit down and talk with someone else about some of these people and how they have inspired them too. So be on the lookout in the next couple weeks. We're going to try and do some more of that. But until then, again, share a thought, comment, idea, or phrase on Twitter or on Facebook. Share this with somebody that you know who's maybe going through a time of brokenness themselves. Give them hope and say that this doesn't have to be the end of them. But learn to see that person, learn to feel what they're feeling, and just be with that person. And uh, if, you feel, if you feel so inclined, feel free to throw up a, a review on iTunes. I realized that was poor wording. How about you just put up <laughs> a review on iTunes if you feel so inclined? All right. Thank you for being some devoted listeners. Go back and listen to some earlier ones. They might have less audio quality, but hopefully you'll get something out of the content of the earlier 29 episodes, all right? So cheers. Until next time, we'll catch you later.